Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week we're going to look at scriptures from Proper 23. Proper 23. So get your Bible out. Now a lot of times I like to listen to uh, the program as I'm getting ready for work or I'm driving in the car. So I'm not able to actually watch it and get my Bible out. Uh, but So you may be enjoying the program that way. But if you are sitting down there looking at me or listening, get your Bible out and let's turn to Jeremiah 36. Now, as we do in the daily lectionary, you'll see the scriptures in this post. And you'll see that we go from Sunday, we start with Sunday, and we conclude on Saturday. And then we start another proper the next week. You'll see the scriptures listed there. And you see that they are from Jeremiah and 2 Kings on Sunday. We go back to 1 Corinthians. We're in 13, 14, and 15, three important chapters in the New Testament. And then we conclude our walk with Jesus in Matthew 10 through 11. So we're working our way through Matthew as we did with Mark and Luke and John. And we are going to look at the Old Testament, the New Testament epistle, and the New Testament Gospel. All right, Jeremiah 36. Now, Jeremiah is an extraordinary prophet. He is what we call the weeping prophet. Uh, sadly and unfortunately, the disobedience of Israel at that time was significant. Technically, it's Judah. Remember the kingdom split into two sections, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom had ten tribes. Remember, there are twelve and the southern kingdom had two, Judah and Benjamin. The northern kingdom was destroyed by the Assyrians in 721 BC, and the southern kingdom was destroyed by the Babylonians in 587, but the deportation started in the early 600s BC. Jeremiah is one of the prophets that is spoken for the Lord as he's leading the people at that time, and speaking to the people. Remember, they don't have phones, they don't have cell phones, they don't have ways of communication that, are, that we have today. So what God did is he spoke to the prophet, the prophet spoke to the people, spoke to the king, and gave the word of the Lord. Thankfully, they have now written these words down for us, and we have them as the Holy Bible. The Old Testament 39 books, the New Testament 27 books. We begin with Jeremiah 36. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, back to Judah. Josiah was a great king, as we said last time. His son is Jehoiakim. He's not as great as Josiah. This word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. So we need to hear from the Lord, from the prophet, out to the king and or the people. Take a scroll, scroll and write it on all the words that I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I've planned to inflict on them, uh-oh, God's going to do something. Each of them will turn from his wicked way. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. Now, what I've said to you in the past, you don't want God actively working against you. You want God to be for you. If he is against you and brings on you disaster, what one needs to do is repent very quickly and turn from their wickedness 
and then he will forgive their sin, and then he will restore them. If the person or nation or community or group or family continues in their sin and do not seek forgiveness and do not seek repentance, then the um, judgment of God upon them will continue. All right, so enjoy chapter 36, 1 through 10. God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 36, 11 to 26. And he's just kind of telling you what is going on. So there's a lot of history. There's uh, prophecy with the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Amos, etc. And, you know, they are reading the words of, uh, they were reading these words. You see that in um, verse uh, 15. Please read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. When they heard these words, they looked at each other and said, Baruch, we must report all these words to the king. Baruch, they asked Baruch, tell us, how did you come to write all this down? Did Jeremiah dictate it? He said, yes. So he was dictating Jeremiah to Baruch. He dictated these words for me. I wrote them down in ink on the scroll. Okay. Then the official said to Baruch, you and Jeremiah go and hide. Don't let anybody know you're here. So obviously there's something going on that's going to bring consternation upon them. So they need to go hide or they'll probably be killed. Continuing on at the end of uh, 36 to 37.2, we see that Jeremiah is going to be put in prison. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, was made king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Remember I told you the Babylonians? He, regained, he reigned in place of Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim. Neither he nor his attendants nor the people of the land paid any attention to the words that the Lord had spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. They didn't listen. They did not pay attention. That's not very smart to do. That's foolish versus wise. Wise people pay attention to the word of the Lord. Foolish people do not. Now, King Zedekiah sent Jehokal, son of Shalemiah, with the priest Zephaniah, son of Messiah, to Jeremiah the prophet with this message. Please pray to the Lord our God for us. So now, verse 4 of chapter 37, Jeremiah was free to come and go among the people, for he had not been yet put in prison. Okay? Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet in verse 6. This is what the Lord says. Tell the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of me, Pharaoh's army, which has marched out to support you, will go back to his own land to Egypt. Then the Babylonians will return and attack this city. They will capture it and burn it down. Yikes. That is not good news. That is not good, good news. And he, then he says, this is what the Lord says in verse 9. Do not deceive yourself thinking, the Babylonians will surely leave us. They will not. Even if you were to defeat the entire Babylonian army that is attacking you and only wounded men were left in their tents, they would come out and burn this city down. Now, this is a very important point. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, God is in charge of everything. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the owner. He is the one that is in charge providentially and ultimately. His will will be done. You want to be on his side. You want to be with him. You and I want to be humble. We want to be listening to the Lord. We want to obey him. We want to consider what he has said. In verse 16, 
Jeremiah was put in a vaulted cell in a dungeon where he remained a long time. Then King Zedekiah sent for him and had him brought to the palace, and he asked him privately, Is there any word from the Lord? Yes, you will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Now remember, these prophets were giving information. We're talking specifically about Jeremiah. That was terrible to hear, but was the truth. Now remember when you're listening to the Lord, do you want to know the truth? Do you want to hear the word of the Lord? I pray that the word of the Lord be pleasant to you. But sometimes it's not pleasant. But it is still the truth and God will be with you. You want to hear the word of the Lord. You will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Continue to read this fascinating book. Chapter 38 on Thursday. Jeremiah is thrown into the cistern. Verse 6, they took Jeremiah and put him in the cistern of Malkajah, the king's son, which was in the courtyard of the guard. They lowered Jeremiah by ropes into the cistern. It had no water, only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. Now, that's a terrible thing to do, this extraordinary man, one of the great men of the Bible. But they did not want to hear the word of the Lord, and he didn't cease from preaching it and saying the word of the Lord. And he suffered and was persecuted for it. Very important point to remember. In verse 10, though, good news, the king commanded Elbed-Melech, the Cushite, take 30 men from here and lift Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. He would have died. Again, read through him this. He, he's pulled up in verse 13 with the ropes. He, he's lifted out and he remained in the courtyard of the guard. And then what we find at the end of 38 on Friday is that Zedekiah is going to bring him back. He asks, he, Jeremiah, asks Zedekiah in 15, if I give you an answer, will you not kill me? Even if I did counsel you, would you not listen to me? You wouldn't listen to me. You're not going to listen to me. Why am I going to give you the word of the Lord? You're not going to do what he says. As surely as the Lord lives, who has given us breath, I will neither kill you nor hand you over to those who are seeking your life. Read through that and see what God says. So we're dealing with the history of Israel. We're dealing with their captivity or not. We're dealing with the power of the word of the Lord. We're dealing with the providence of God. We're dealing with very evil people that want to kill the word of the Lord, if you will, through the prophet Jeremiah. And read through, enjoy, see how that works out. Let's go back to 2 Kings 25, which is your Saturday reading. 2 Kings 25, which is about the dissolution of the southern kingdom. 25, 8 to 12, and 22 to 26. Judah went into captivity, verse 21, away from her land. Verse 9, they set fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burned down. The whole Babylonian army under the uh, commander of the imperial guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. We just read what Jeremiah said he was going to do, what God was going to do. Did he do it? 2 Kings 25. Read the whole thing. Take time to read the whole chapter. It's extraordinary. So what you do is you take the prophet of the Lord and the history, the history books. Okay? And you take the prophets, you bring them together. And you see how God worked through that history, through that time frame, begging the people 
imploring the people to repent and return to the Lord, or else something is going to happen. When God warns us, ladies and gentlemen, we need to listen. Acts. We go into 1 Corinthians 13. This is the famous love chapter. I'm sure many, if not all of you, have read this chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, I have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, this is verse 2 and 3, and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, surrender, surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I've gained nothing. Verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, etc., etc. 1 Corinthians 13 is the great, great, great chapter on the love and the importance of love in our lives. And then he concludes. Read it and enjoy. And now three of them remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Ultimately, brothers and sisters, we need to be people that are loving. We need to be people that are loving constantly, loving our neighbor as ourself, loving our enemy, being, bringing uh, kindness and mercy and forgiveness and compassion to people. Paul lays it out beautifully in 1 Corinthians 13. May all of us truly be that. In 1 Corinthians 14, remember when I talked about 1 Corinthians 12, when I talked about the body of Christ. Now we're going to see the body of Christ continue to be present here in this 1 Corinthians 14 uh, chapter. And now he's going to talk about following the way of love. He says in verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Then he talks about prophecy and speaking in tongues. Okay? And he talks about speaking in tongues and using different languages, etc. This is a complex chapter and a complicated chapter. You might have a Bible that explains some of this to you. You might have a commentary. You might have notes at the bottom of the page. That would be very helpful. Paul was one of those people that spoke in tongues. He thanks God for that gift in verse 18. Read it through. What he's talking about is how to use that gift of the Spirit that we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the congregation, that we would have orderly worship together. He says in verse 32, the spirits of prophets are subject to the prophets, control of the prophets. God is God, is not a God of disorder. He is a God of peace. Okay, so then he says in verse 39, Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fit and orderly way. So this is what happens when they come together in worship. If there's a prophecy, if there's a speaking in tongues, if there's an interpretation, how are we going to come together with a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation? When you come together, you want to be prepared to hear the word of the Lord, but you want to do it decently, not just doing whatever you want to do. You want God to be in charge of your worship services. You want God to be present, and you want people listening to the Holy Spirit of God and being moved by the Spirit together to remember, as I said before, you want to upbuild the body of Christ. You want to strengthen the body of Christ. You want to worship God in the process. This is all for the glory of God, not the enriching of the individual and making the individual be better or feel like they're better than somebody else. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. 
This is a famous passage. For when I, what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Peter, then the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brethren at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep, some have died. Then he appeared to James, then all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as one abnormally born. This is Paul. Okay? So Jesus died. He died for our sins. The scriptures said he would. He was buried, so he's dead. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then we have seen him. He's appeared. We have seen him. We can validate. We can witness. We can testify that the man is alive and the man actually died. I love verse 10. I love verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Okay? So, I'm praying for all of us that the grace of God is in you, but you're working as hard as you can. You know it's the grace of God moving through you, but you're taking responsibility. He talks about the resurrection of the dead from verses 12 to 29, which is uh, in this post on Saturday. Okay, so I love verse uh, uh, 12, uh, I'm sorry, 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, we don't have anything. We don't have faith. We don't have forgiveness of sins. We don't have anything. We don't have the second coming. We don't have the judgment of Christ. We don't have Christianity. Christianity rises and falls on the death and resurrection of Christ. He has to die. He has to be resurrected. And as we'll see at the end of Luke 24, he ascends into heaven, Acts chapter 1 also. He says in verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. There's death in Adam. All of us are born in Adam. We need to be in Christ. We are adopted into Christ's family. We are not born into Christ's family. We are adopted. We are adopted. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. He's put everything under his feet. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is victor. Jesus is final judge. Jesus has destroyed death and the grave. He has given us victory over the greatest enemy of all. We're all going to die. We are dying as I speak. Jesus Christ has conquered us. And for those of us that know him, and I pray that's all of you, I pray that you know him, love him, and serve him, that you and I will be in heaven one day with Christ in glory. Let's look at Matthew chapter five, 10, speaking of Christ. Speaking of Christ, Jesus. Chapter 10, 5 to 15. All right. Now, Jesus sends out the 12 tells them what to do, tells them about entering their homes and um, telling them to present the gospel. I'm sending you out, verse 16, like sheep among wolves, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in the synagogue. There's going to be some trouble, folks. It's not going to be easy. Following Christ is not easy in any way, shape, or form. It is a hard thing to do. All men will hate you, verse 22, because of me, but he or she who stands 
firm to the end will be saved. I want you to be saved. I want my audience to be saved. All of you to be saved. You've got to stand firm to the end. He says, there is nothing concealed in verse 26 that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. Be afraid of the one who can destroy body and soul in hell. The great 28th verse. Don't be afraid of what people here can do to you. Be afraid and concerned about what God can do because he can throw you to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But if we do not know Christ and we do not follow Christ and we do not listen to Christ and we go our own way, thinking back to Jeremiah again, we are going to be in very, very, very serious trouble. Very serious trouble. What does he say in verse 32 of chapter 10? Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. We want to stand up for Christ, all of us. We want to stand up before Christ. All right. And finally, we have the last part of uh, chapter 10. 10. Chapter 10 is a long chapter, 24 to 33, which you see in this post on Wednesday. He says, anyone who loves, verse 37, father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's what Christianity is about, folks. Following Christ, denying yourself, taking up your cross, putting Christ first in your life. Let's look at chapter 11, 1 through 15. Jesus was instructing his 12 disciples in verse 1. He goes on from there and he's preaching and teaching in Galilee. So he's instructing He's doing miracles. He's casting out devils. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God. He is teaching his disciples. And he wants to share with them the importance of John the Baptist. Go back and report what you see. Verse 4, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured. Because John's asking, are you the one to come or should we expect someone else? Because John's in a dungeon right now. Are Are you the Messiah? Basically, he's asking. Well, look at what I'm doing. The good news is preached to the poor, the dead are raised. Blessed is the person who does not fall away on account of me. No scandal on him or her. All right? And then he has these beautiful words of exaltation of John the Baptist. This is a wonderful litany of scriptures, quite eclectic. Jeremiah, the dissolving of the southern kingdom, the warning of God, the action of God the great 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians on love, the 14th chapter about worship, the 15th chapter about Christ's resurrection from the dead and his overcoming the grave and giving us life eternal through his conquering of death, and then the continued journey of Jesus in the things that he's doing. Enjoy. Read slowly. Listen to the Holy Spirit. May the Lord touch you abundantly and bless you as you study the Word of God. We'll see you next week. Proper 24, the Daily Office Lectionary. God bless you.